open your Bibles with me to John chapter 15 and verse 1. John chapter 15, verse 1. We're going to read through 8. I do want to take a minute right now uh, to welcome some very special people, and that's all of those who are streaming online today, especially our prison system. Come on, give it up for both prisons. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for tuning in with us. We have people who are traveling from Phoenix, traveling from the reservation, traveling from Pine, traveling from Lake Havasu, uh, uh, that come to be a part of these services uh, each and every Sunday morning that drive an hour, two hours to be here uh, with you and I because of what God is doing. And we keep hearing these testimonies and these praise reports, uh, and I'm so thankful. I just have a, We have a lot to celebrate for. Turn to your neighbor again and say, you better start smiling. There's no need to frown. Right? It's only our flesh that tries to get us to frown. Because even in our pain, he's still our healer. Even in my lack, he's still my provider. Even in, even in the worst of situations, he's still the peace in my storm. If we know who God is, it changes the way we view our life, doesn't it? It changes everything. And that's why we come to church is so we can understand who God is. And if we get a clear picture on who God is in our life, we'll get a clear picture on who we are, what we're going through, and how we're going to make it. Because I love that song. I know how the story ends. I know how this is all going to end up. I've read the end of the book. You and I win. We're victorious. We end up in heaven totally redeemed, totally healed, magnified, glorified bodies. And man, I get my finger back when I go to heaven. We're going to be great, right? I get excited. I don't know about you, but I, I'm excited about that piece right there. I haven't had, haven't had that since I was seven years old. I don't even know where to go from there. <laughs> but God has, God has something so good for you today. Some of this message is going to be very convicting. Some of this message is going to require silence. Some of this message is going to require celebrating and shouting. Some of this message is going to hit you very deep. Some of it's going to just touch the surface for you and keep kind of stirring things in you. And as God continues to move you, God's going to lead you, and God's going to, he's got you. Even if you do go out in the deep end, he's still got you. He's not like mine and your parents, right? Just throw you in the deep end and see you later. He's out there with you. He's in the boat with you. We've been doing a series entitled Bad Apples. Everybody say bad apples. Yeah. Every week I've started off with the same thing, and I'm going to see if you're trained now, uh, that I, I tell everybody the same statement. My wife and I and our team... Oh, somebody's trying to preach for me. <laughs> My wife and I, that's how good, that's how in tune this church is. My wife and I are not perfect. Staff's not perfect. Your neighbor's not perfect. We, we, we're jacked up. Everybody, all of us, we're, 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 we got a lot, we, we're messed up. Right? <laughs> and it surprises everybody when you walk into a church and you have to tell people you're not perfect. Isn't that a shock? Should we have, where are we, when are we going to arrive at the place where we finally can walk into a place and know, no, just, just know, like when we walk in, this is a messed up room full of people like this, we're, we're all, we all got issues, man, and I, you know what the Lord put on my heart, the, the process of revelation, you remember when uh, the, the woman at the well, she came to the well, and Jesus was sitting at the well, and what happened, she came up and made a racial slur, right, 
And he, was, and he goes, well, if you knew who I was. And then the next time he, she addresses him, he call, she calls him sir. And then a little while later, he says, I'm the Messiah. And then she eyes are open and she calls him the savior of her life. She runs and gets the whole town. Do you see the patience in the process that God knows we don't know it all. We don't have it all figured out. We don't have to come in here acting like we got all the scripture memorized and we're just this not holy, toting, Bible-believing Christian who's just got it all worked out. If you feel like you've got a corner on God that nobody else is, he's probably not God. Because if you figured out God on this side of heaven, he's not God. That's not God. You cannot fig- you're not going to figure God out by the time. When you get to heaven, the fullness of his glory will be revealed to you. But we have to have patience. We have flaws, but I'm not going to live in my flaws because then I live in my fears and my insecurities. But if I live in my forgiveness, I live in my wholeness, I live in my redemption, I live in my freedom that God has given me. These men who just went on the return and the men who've gone before them have uh, now taken what freedom really looks like. Man, can I hear some freedom? Right? They like to get loud. And let me just tell you, we like to get loud. Someone was like, man, your worship is so loud. Those speakers are way too big for this room. And you're sitting so close, you're going to blow your eardrums out. You'll be deaf by the time you're 40. I said, praise God. She was like, what? I said, yeah, I want to be deaf because then I can't hear anybody but God's voice. (laughs) And I can't hear your complaining. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I just get closer every week. I just kind of like get a little closer to that speaker. Just do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. <laughs> I'm teasing. Look with me in 15, verse 1 through 8. I want to read this text, and then I want to extract the truth of God. I am the true vine. John 15, verse 1. I am the true vine. My Father is the vine dresser. I want you to underline that. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. That it might bear more fruit. Everybody say, more fruit. fruit. Oh, you already, you are already clean. I love this verse. We just, we didn't, we don't spend enough time talking. You are already clean because you are already clean. Hear me now. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Your cleanliness doesn't come from your acts. It comes from his word. Your righteousness comes from his word, what he spoke over you. And the word became flesh and poured out for all of us. Verse 4, it says, abide in me. Abide means to dwell, to remain with. And I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit, hear this now, cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. And I love how he declares this. He's not asking you what what place you'd like to be. He's telling you who you are. This is who I am. This is who you are. And he's declaring truth. Our nation is battling an identity crisis. And I'm telling you, the truth is right here of who we are. You are the branch. He is the vine. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. If anyone does not abide in me, he casts out as a branch He casts out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire. They are burned, and if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, 
I want you to underline my words. Underline it because it doesn't say your name in there. Abide in you. You will ask whatever you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you might bear much fruit. Have you seen the progression of fruit here? So you will be my disciples. Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you. Oh, your word is so powerful. Your word is so incredible. And Lord, we thank you, God, that your word defines who we are. Your word brings revelation. Your word brings salvation. Your word brings righteousness. Your word brings fruit to our life. And Lord, we thank you, God, that we are going to abide in you. And we're ready to receive a good word from God. Everybody who's ready to receive said a good amen. Amen. So... Let's talk about this. The first verse says, I am the vine, I am the true vine, and the Father is the vine dresser. Why don't you put that up for me? And then now put it in the King James Version, Old King James. I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. All my men said a good amen in here. Amen. Let me teach you what this is. If I was to ask you before you read this scripture, now that you've seen two words and the connotation between both, what is a husband? You would have said provider. You would have said uh, 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 the, the leader, the head of the home. You could have said a lot of things, right? We have taught generation after generation after generation that men were, are only the husband's places to go work and provide. The husband's places to go work and bring home the bacon. And the husband's job is you got your list. In some homes, we have a list for the wife and we have a list for the man because God forbid that either one of us exchange jobs like the Bible says that you have two have become one, not two have continued to live separate. That you're not called to do, uh, see the husband part of this, he says vine dresser and gardener. That's the, the different translations. It literally means the one who tends to. To have the nature to nurture. And yet we think the nature to nurture, the nurturing job, that's the woman's job. What, what, wait, whoa, whoa, hold time out. What was Adam's job? In the garden. He, his job was to name the animals and tend to the animals and the every His job was to nurture. Why wasn't he with Eve when she was over there with the snake? Because he was tending to the garden. Now, there, we're not going to go into all that, but I'm telling you that he, our job, we cannot assign women to just say, hey, women, you do this, I do this. We work together. We work together in unity. We need, we need good husbands. Somebody else is going to say amen before, besides four women. Some of you men. I've heard amen from like six different women, and none of you men have said amen. Some amen in here better say amen right now. Amen. <laughs> there we go. You're called to, be the, called to be the husbandry, the one who tends to. Now, the other thing that this points out, this points out that God is the gardener. Guess what? Say, I'm planted. Come on, say, I'm planted. You're here on purpose. God's got you here on purpose. God's got you planted here on purpose. You didn't end up here by accident. You're not streaming today by I'm talking to somebody who's streaming today, and you've never set foot in a church. You, you never thought you'd don the doors of Christianity, but let me tell you, God has you streaming in today on purpose because his love never fails, and God is speaking to you. God wants to reach you and draw you into relationship. That way he can empower you and bear much fruit in your life.
Ooh, the breaker tripped. Hallelujah. I heard it pop. That's how powerful the Holy Spirit is. He did, the devil doesn't want me speaking to those people. But I'm telling you, we have, we have to understand that God has you here on purpose. You are planted. So why? So why, why are you planted? So that you might grow. Somebody say grow. grow. I, I don't think there's a, a person in here who be like, you know what? I wish I'd have stopped growing right around four feet when I was in junior high. That would have been great. But we have a lot of dwarfed Christians. We have a lot of dwarfed Christians because we don't, we don't want to grow. We don't want to actually do. The Bible says in Luke 2.52, Jesus grew in wisdom, stature, and favor with God and with man. And if Jesus needed to grow, you need to grow. You need to grow. We all have to grow. And we have to grow and, and be fruitful and multiply. It's one of the first commandments. Be fruitful and multiply. God wants us. Let me just tell you. Uh, today I'm going to touch on how sometimes we tend to worship the fruit and we're, we don't pay attention to the root. We'll get there in a minute. But I don't want you to, for a minute to ever think that God does not want you to be fruitful. God wants you to be so fruitful. Did you see the process? He says that you might bear fruit. Then the next one is, if you abide in me and I abide in you, that you might bear more fruit. And then if my word abides in you, that you might bear much fruit. Do you see the process here that God is saying? If you got, you got to work through this. Now, we want that. I want much fruit. I don't know about you. But I want to see 20,000 people saved for the glory of God the next 10 years. I want to get to much fruit. I want more fruit. I, I want to grow. I want God to do something. I want God to continue to help this ministry flourish. I want to see a thousand people. We were so close this last Easter. Oh, man, on Christmas, we we're going to break a thousand at that Archery Auditorium, and we're going to see God move in a powerful way because you know what? God wants us to bear fruit. God wants you to have a good marriage. Somebody said amen. God wants you to have good kids. God wants you to grow. God wants you to have peace in your home. He wants you to have peace in your car when you drive to church instead of yelling at each other. God wants you to be healed. God wants to see miracles in your life. God wants to see deliverance happen in your life. He wants you to be free of addiction. He wants you to bear fruit. But he's giving us the keys on how we can bear fruit in our life. On how we, can't rem we don't remain in our imperfection and our flaws, but we operate in a level of relationship and forgiveness and freedom. So much so that we do become a great tree with great fruits. Because everything healthy, everything healthy, everything healthy grows. And as it continues to, this, if this continues to grow, I have to get a bigger pot. I have to, I have to allow more room. Did you see the full service today? Second service was overpacked to overflow. Okay, wonderful. Yeah, love it. But guess what? That means I need a bigger building. That means we need more property. That means God's got to give us a bigger bucket. Somebody say, bigger bucket. We got to get a bigger bucket. We got to get a bigger pot. We have to make more room. I want to knock a wall down. I kept, I'm trying to convince my team. I said, I think we should just knock out the back walls and do away with the lobby. They're like, Are you? no, no. If, if they allowed me to do what I wanted to, we'd have, like, no walls. In, I'd be knocking down walls every week, and you're like, hey, hey, brother, hey, whoa, slow down there. God wants a bigger room. God, God, God's going to grow you to where you're going to have to go to a bigger pot. You're going to have to go to a bigger life. You're going to have to go to a bigger home. You're going to have to get a, a, your, your job, your title. Everything's going to have to grow. Some of you have been settling for the dwarfing of your faith. 
Some of you have been settling, oh, I got a pot now. I'm good. No, this is good for me. I don't want to grow. And we do this to the Lord. No, no, no. But what does he say? He says, I'm the gardener. I'm the one who prunes. I'm the one who tends. Let me be the one. I know what's best for you. This is where we're going to get really serious right now. Because what he'll do is he'll look around and he'll look at the areas of our life that aren't working so well. And he'll look at some things that aren't healthy for us. And what he'll do is he'll come in here, snip, snip. And he'll start cutting off these dead branches that aren't growing healthy. But every cut hurts. It doesn't feel good when God comes in and says, no, i got to take this from you. It doesn't feel good when God comes in and says, okay, hey, I know this is going to hurt, but it's actually going to be for your good. You're going to feel like, let me just tell you this real quick, a little revelation right here. Not every painful thing that happens into your life comes from the devil. Somebody silence that radio. Not every, not everybody, not everything that happens to you comes from the devil. Where we just demonize every problem. Where we demonize everything that gets taken from our life. Sometimes God is saying, that wasn't the devil, that was me. You didn't need that in your life. That was unhealthy. That was a toxic relationship. That was a bad relationship. You got to get rid of this. No, you didn't belong there. No, I got to move you. And God prunes, but it hurts. And let me just tell you, even in the pruning process, you don't start growing right after, you start healing right after. Because then what he does is not only gets rid of the stuff that's good or, or that's bad, he, gets, he starts clipping ah, the good stuff. The stuff that's producing. You ever had something good taken from you? And God says, hey, you know what? I know it finally started to bloom. I, I know, I know, trust me, you got to trust me because God's going to come in and something that, that once was beautiful may not be productive anymore and it's a wonderful, fruitful part of your life. But he's saying, if I don't prune this, it won't grow double back. So I've got to prune even something that's good for you. You used to go to a church, but now I've got to prune this and I've got to put you somewhere else. And now I've got to take something else. I've got to take this job away because I've got to prune this so actually something better can grow back in its place. I've got to take this from you. So that it can heal you. And most of us are just like me. No. Right? God, it's finally growing. Don't take somebody. When somebody leaves our church, it breaks my heart. I have to go through therapy and processing. I'm not kidding. It hurts. It's painful. I'm a shepherd. I'm a gatherer. And when God says, I gotta, I, it's okay. I'm going to prune this, though, because you're going to grow more. You can't grow more until you get pruned a little. So i got to prune you so I can grow you. And so God says, boom. And he takes, and where one family went and left, three families come back in its place. But I have to go through a process of healing. God, heal my heart. They were wonderful. They were amazing. They were friends. God, what are you doing? This hurts. One of our wonderful families that was a part of this church, they were one of the biggest givers in this church. And they moved to a different city. And we were just getting going. And I was like, hey, God, uh, we just started, though. I, you, you can't prove. It's fine. It's, they're, getting, they're doing great. We, how are we going to? And God sent six more couples. But God says, I want to give you more fruit. You prayed for growth, you prayed for increase, but you, you don't really want increase. 
Oh, I'm going to preach a little bit here. You pray for increase, but you don't want to put the work in. You pray for increase in blessing, but you don't want to go through the pain. You prayed for God to help you overcome your giants, but you don't want to pick up your stones. You prayed for God to have victory in your life, but you don't want to step out in armor in battle. You prayed for God to do something incredible in your life, but God's saying every problem that you face is an opportunity to be pruned and grow. David would just be another shepherd boy without any of the battles that he had to face where God could prune him. And God could grow him. But what we do is we're like, okay, God, most of us, a lot of Christians, we see God clipping and trimming, and we're like, hey, I I don't trust you. I don't really believe that you're doing the right thing. I don't think you should do that. I I think it should be like that. And we we start to tell, we start to say, hey, just, just give me the scissors. I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. Who has the knife? Who has the knife? God or you? Do you have the knife? And you've gone ahead and say, you know, I'm not really seeing any fruit. Because look at what happens. When you worship the fruit, you don't value the root. So what happens is when you're just worshiping and you're looking for more fruit, why isn't my tree like their tree? Why don't I have fruitfulness like they have fruitfulness? Something must be wrong. I'm going to fix this. We're going to fix this. Because he says, if you abide in me and my word, come on, everybody say, my word abide in you but that's what will produce a a life of fruitfulness much fruitfulness but this is our vine this is our root system that produces the fruit and he says outside of me you cannot produce anything but we come to church we read our bible and we say i don't really believe in tithing I don't really believe that we have to come every Sunday, even the Bible, though the Bible says that do not forsake the fellowship of the brethren, and we come in agreement in Acts chapter 2. I, I don't really believe, I, and, and let me just talk to you for a little bit. There's a lot of scriptures we all like to choose of God's words, because he said, if my words abide in you, if you dwell with them, if you meditate on them day and night, if you hide them within your heart that you might not sin against it, your root system will be great. So not only are we trimming back the root system of what gives us life, but now our root system can't tie in. It can't tie in with the soil. It can't tie in with other trees. As you know, you're called to be like the cedars of Lebanon, the oaks of righteousness God calls you to. And those trees that he specifically talks about grow deep roots, and those roots actually grow far. And what they do is they try to search for another tree to tangle up with, and then they tie their root systems together. So now you're not just trying to take one tree down. You're trying to take a 100 trees down. You're not just trying to take one person in Bridge Church. You're trying to take thousands of people at Bridge Church because now we're tied together. Oh, no, you can't mess with me because my root system is tied together. It's the bread of life for me. But yet we come into church and we say, I don't agree. I don't believe in that. And we snip and we clip because we have the knife. And I'm going to decide what I want. I'm going to decide what's good for me. And, and now that we've trimmed it back and all of this, look at this. This is These are pieces of life that we're just killing and we're taking out because I don't necessarily see it the same way. And I don't really, I don't really think that way. And, and now we're, we're, we're in this place where we can't produce the fruit because we, ha- we don't have the right root system because he's the vine. But I, it's because I, I, w- I want him to produce fruit, but I don't want to do what he says. 
Because the, 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 actually the chapter continues and he says, As the Father loved me, I also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. This is, it's all about relationship. And yet we do this. We're done trimming. Bless me, God. Bless me, God. Make my life more fruitful. Help me grow. Give me increase. I know it's quiet in here for a good reason. Because you know what? We, we do this with our life. We do this with our marriage. We do this with our friends and families. And we just stick it back in there. We say, okay, God, I, I want you to bless me. I want you to make me fruitful. I want you to grow me. I want you to multiply me. And then, then what the worst thing that happens is because we haven't given the knife back, we come back and when things aren't going well, we start to blame it on what's not coming into our life. Well, you know what? That marriage just wasn't good. And I, I, you know, I never believed in her anyway. You know what? That kid was always disrespectful to me. I don't, you know, I don't even know if he's really mine. You know what? I, I didn't really like that job, and I don't like that boss. And I know I've changed jobs six times over the last year, but I don't really believe in that either. I only got time for me. And we keep clipping at these areas because we find ourselves in a place of exhaustion we find ourselves in a place of being drained and we don't have enough life coming into us because we only got one root. And because everyone runs our schedule and everybody runs our life and everybody tells us how many, there are parents out there that a coach hands you a schedule and you say, okay, this is what we're doing. When was the last time you took the schedule and say, I'll pray about this and I'll see if the Lord wants us to be at everything. Everything we do and everything we pay for and everything, we ought to say, let me pray about it first. Because only... Only people who are hateful and spiteful will get mad when you say, let me pray about it. But good, gracious people will say, oh, good. Good. Because now we've cut ourselves down so much, and now we wonder why we look so sparingly, and our life seems so drained, and I, I just don't have time for everything else. I don't even have time. Pastor Lane, I don't even have enough to tithe. I, don't, I can't do this. I, I can't afford to tithe. No, you can't, you can't afford not to tithe. You can't afford not to be a church. You can't afford not to be in your word and in prayer. You can't afford to say, these are the scriptures I like and these are the scriptures I don't like. This is what I choose to do and this is what I choose not to do. Because what we have done as a culture and as a society is we have chosen to worship the fruit rather than the root. We have taught, oh yeah, I, it, we have taught a whole generation, oh, the Lord is going to bless you. The Lord is going to shine favor on you. All you need to do is speak faith that God is going to work a miracle because he's just the God who shows up like a vending machine every time you need him. And we show up to church every other Sunday once a month, a couple times a year, and we expect our life to be totally different and God to move in our life when nothing has really changed in the relationship that we have. He said, abide in me, dwell in me. Let's have relationship. That's why he continued. He said, it's not just about this relationship of fruit. It's about my love. If you abide in my commandments, you love me. And if you love me, we'll abide together. We'll have a relationship. And I'm not just worshiping the fruit of what God can do. Because when we don't have fruit, what do we do? Panic. Anxiety. Stress. When I don't see the product, I get frustrated at my God. When I don't see Him producing, and yet we, we expect Him to do this without ever digging deep in our roots. 
and abiding in the vine. He said, if, you abide, if my words abide in you, somebody say words. If my words, not public opinion, not, not personal preference, not all of what you think you should. If my word abide in you. The word of God that is living, that is sharper than a two-edged sword, that is powerful to speak life over somebody, that brings salvation and healing and deliverance. My word, if my word, if somebody would catch on to this and start praising God, if my word abide in you. He's giving you the keys to a fruitful life. To have a deep root system. And to say, okay, I want to go from fruitfulness to more fruit, to much fruit. Some of us, I'm telling you right now, we're satisfied with the small. A good business deal. Oh, that's good. Thanks, God. I'll stay here. I don't want to really dig. If I, if I go to here, I'm going to have to have more roots because a bigger pot means more roots. It means more word. It, it means I, I have to have more. I have to, go, I have to grow more further down before I go up. I have to grow more in my relationship before God elevates me. God wants to take your life and take you from somebody who feels like you're withering and dying on the vine to somebody who's thriving with life, somebody who's bearing fruit, somebody who's bearing more fruit, somebody who's bearing much fruit, and God has given you the keys to the kingdom, and it's through relationship, not religion. It's through saying, okay, God, I'm not worshiping what you can do for me. I'm worshiping who you are in me, and I am going to worship you in spirit and in truth because it's your word that I abide in. And I'm going to speak life over my family, over my marriage. I'm going to speak life. I'm going to speak your words. Well, hey, oh, hey, pastor, I, I've heard that before. Speak faith, speak life. That doesn't work all the time. I, I prayed in faith and nothing happened. I went home and it was the same stuff. Somebody say, wait upon the Lord. Jesus walked by a tree that wasn't producing fruit and he says, die. Cursed tree. Walked over and the disciples... They heard Jesus. I want you to hear, this is Jesus. This isn't some, this is Jesus who spoke. And every time we hear Jesus speak, we think instantly, right? But what happened is Jesus said, curses that tree, die. And so Jesus keeps walking and they're like, but Jesus, it's still, maybe he's just not feeling it today. Maybe he's a little off in his faith today. Maybe he just doesn't have it quite there today. Maybe he really, he didn't say it with like he did before with the lame man. Maybe he just didn't say it with enough power and faith. This is how we operate in our minds. Maybe I just didn't pray it right. Maybe I didn't say it right. Maybe I don't have enough faith. Maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I didn't do it. No, no, no. Wait, because all of a sudden when they came back through, that tree was dead and they said, oh my Lord, he spoke it and it happened. You got to speak with faith. You got to speak with faith and have faith. Remain in faith because a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways and he speaks one thing but really believes another. It will happen in God's timing and God will grow you to the fruitful tree that you are meant to be. You just remain in faith and remain in his word and chase the relationship rather than the product. Than what he can do for you. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? I want to close right here. God's going to change somebody's mindset. God's going to change somebody's heart. God's going to change somebody's perspective today. 
And Lord, right now, with every head bowed and every eye closed here and online, if there's somebody in here who wants to change it up, wants to mix it up, wants to start changing and saying, you know what, God, I want to be in relationship with you. I want to be in relationship with you. I want to abide in you. And I'm, I, there's been some words, that scriptures that I have heard and I have known, and I have chosen not to let them abide in my life. I've held the scissors for too long, and I need to let go, and I need to give you control. If that's you, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if this message is spoken to you, I want you to raise your hand right now. Come on, raise your hand all through this place. You know it's speaking to you. Keep your hand raised. Keep your hand raised because I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to pray with you, not over you. I'm going to pray with you. And we're going to engage and empower and activate the word of God. Almost every hand is raised in this place. And let me tell you why. It's because we know we want a fruitful life. We know we want God to move in our life. And we need to abide in him and let his word abide in us. Lord, in Jesus' name right now, I pray for a fruitful life. I pray for more fruit. I pray for much fruit. I pray for us to grow in the name of Jesus. Jesus. Some of us are going to have to grow and move into a different pot, move into something bigger, move into something bigger, move into something bigger because we are continually growing with you, God. We're going to abide in you. Our family is going to be known for abiding in you and for your word abiding in us. And Lord, we thank you, God, Lord, that your word is going to take root in us. It's going to take root in us so that we might produce that fruit. We are not in control of the fruit and the production of our life. You are. And our focus isn't on worshiping and chasing fruit. Our worship and our focus is on the root. And Lord, we thank you that we change our paradigm today. We change our mindset. We mix it up today. And God, we're going to grow like never before. And we're going to see incredible, incredible, incredible blessing, incredible favor, incredible growth. God, in this house, in each ministry, God, over each home. And Lord, we thank you, God, Lord, that we're going to be a church who abides in you. And your word abides in this church. We're going to be a church who speaks the word of God. We're not going to speak public opinion. We're not going to be politically correct. We're going to speak the word of the living God that comes straight from the breath of God. And we thank you today, God, that we will rise up and become the people and the children of God that you called us to be. And everybody who receives it and believes it, give God some praise right now and thank him for who he is. Come on, let's hear it. Church.